The best weekend of football is upon us this week. We are in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The best eight teams going at it for a chance to go at it for a chance at the Super Bowl. It is the divisional round weekend Sunday card here. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dan Zampano. I am joined today by my esteemed co-host, Matthew Sobreth, Matty Ice, Matty C., and our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, is in the building as well for this week's edition. We're picking all four games. It's the final four. We don't have a lot of picks left, Matty, but we might make this one just like I usually say, best weekend of the year. This might be our best weekend of the year. Hey, I mean, we've been running hot the past couple weeks, but mm. seven games of football left, which is mm. just, it's just hard to say after this weekend, more than 50% of those are going to be gone. So it's the last one with a full weekend slate, which is why it is the best weekend ever. And if you're looking at all four of these games, how could you not be excited for each and every one? I mean, it's impossible. It's impossible because you have great storylines. I think I look at both sides. I look at the NFC and I see the systems and the coaches and I look at the AFC and I see the young hotshot quarterbacks. That's what I see. You know, if, if you look at the NFC side and just break it down, Cowboys, 49ers, you're looking at, you know, it's not, it's a sexy matchup in terms of teams. I think it's more so in terms of the San Francisco defense, the system, the Shanahan way versus Dak Prescott and the Cowboys brand. It's the Giants up and coming team with a great young head coach versus that interesting system with the up-and-coming quarterback and Hurts, yes, but the Eagles have built their team this way and have kind of flipped the league on its head. Other side, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, Lawrence. I mean, <laughs> the drama will ensue, my friend. Yeah, I was just saying that, I mean, the, the quarterbacks in the AFC, I mean, you could easily say it's four of the top five guys going forward as far as, you know, starting your franchise with kind of grouping. And then the history – the history of the matchups on the side of the NFC mm. of, of, you know, Cowboys and, and Niners going way, way back and, you know, NFC East rivals for the third time this year, which is just great. Should be great. Should be fantastic. Three NFC East teams have a shot at yeah. the Super Bowl against maybe the most formidable opponent of all in San Francisco. Let's get after it. Let's just look back at wildcard weekend real quick. And some of our picks, if I go down the record sheet, I went three and three in my picks. Maddie, you went four and two in your pick, so very, very good. Lewis, the narrative does not hit. It did not comply for all three of us. We were all on Tampa. And to me, I think we obviously are going to start here with, with the whole Tom Brady narrative. Obviously, Tampa did not play well in this game. And I thought a lot of it, and as I said to you, had to deal with the offensive line of Dallas just dominating defensive line of Tampa up front and giving Dak a clean pocket to throw in. I mean, that was pretty much it. And Dallas's defense taking away the run game. I mean, Brady had no help at all. And we thought that he would be able to overcome it. But at the end of the day, he cannot. What is your assessment of the game, first off? And second off, what do you see about Tom Brady and his future? Yeah, I mean, I, watching that game, it felt like, again, after being maybe duped a little and lulled into sleep by the Jaguars on Saturday night, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to miss out on this one. And hitting a couple hitting a couple Tampa live lines thinking maybe things would happen especially with Brett Maher missing extra points every chance he got which is a, we'll talk about probably a little more about that in a second but yeah I mean it really was what we knew all years that the Bucks offense has had really struggled and, and you know they just they had one second half against Carolina a couple weeks ago 
I think that really got everybody kind of backed in of like, look at Brady. I mean, and again, Brady had great stats all year, not scoring wise, but you know, yardage wise and completion wise wasn't too bad. But as a whole, as a unit, the offense was really bad all year long and really struggled. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, talk about a team that we thought was maybe backpedaling a little bit. Dak was awesome. I mean, Dak mm-hmm. was like phenomenal in that game and he really needed that. And I think that's going to really power them to go into, you know, all of a sudden this matchup, I'm looking at this next week, very differently with Dallas. I thought even if they found a way to squeak by Tampa, I'd be like, well, then it's great. I can't wait to go against it. But they have really now had me thinking about this matchup with the 49ers. As far as Brady goes, I'm going to, you're the expert on that, man. I don't know. I think, I guess the spots would be the two landing spots that seem like he'd go to the most, just maybe feel like, you know, Vegas, in Miami, and I again, as we're talking about how good the AFC is, I just don't know if you want to go to the AFC. Definitely want to go to the AFC West, which doesn't make any mm. sense going to the Raiders, which I, you know, immediately you're fighting for second or third place there. And I could go into the AFC East, but are we far enough removed from the trouble that he's in with Miami trying to get him there in the first place? So I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and the AFC West, obviously the gauntlet of quarterbacks, but the AFC East has gotten – way better regardless of the bills the jets and even with the patriots struggles i still think you know they're a formidable opponent for them so i think it would be i think it would be classically interesting to me just looking at that here and just what makes sense and one plus one equals two equals seems like vegas would be the logical spot with the mcdaniels connection with the all the coaches connection with the gm connection everything there but again i've had people tell me you know Maybe Nashville could be a spot where he might end up staying on the East Coast. Miami, maybe, but don't they want to bring Tua back? It sounds like they're going to do that. It's a very weird market because the teams that need quarterbacks aren't necessarily in positions to win or or are in poor positions inside their division. So, I mean, I, I, I'm on a wait-and-see period. I'm really not sure what he could do, but I think you're right. I think this week proved that we can't overreact to things. We really can't. We couldn't overreact to Dallas's loss to Washington and how piss poor they played. We can't overreact to one half of Tom Brady playing well. There's plenty of other games that we could look at and say it just you know sometimes in the playoffs simplicity is what it is. Like we've we've been tracking these ratings and power ratings and 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 looking at teams not for what their record is but for a lot more things than that. And we believe in some teams that we think are fraudulent. We really do. Now, something surprised me. Something surprised me, like Buffalo. Buffalo really surprised me. I was shocked that Buffalo had a game. Minnesota, not so much. I was going to say, uh, fraudulent transitions into only one game here, Dan. I think that's where we're going. I mean, was the writing on the wall or was the writing on the wall? Oh, my gosh. I mean, they are who we thought they were, right? I mean, they they, quote and Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. It was yeah, what was impressive, though, I will give it credit. I mean, was Daniel Jones not the most impressive player of the weekend? I thought he was the best player all weekend. Yeah, I, I, he was, until that Monday night game, he was the best quarterback of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I do think Dak, I think Dak's, you know, was really phenomenal game, Monday night. Yeah. But those are the top two quarterbacks of the weekend right there. It's Daniel Jones yeah. and Dak Prescott, like, by far. Yeah, no question. And I think that that's what's interesting. And we nailed that one on the head, so... Giants do it with running game from Daniel Jones. And then the second game, he was just fearless. They're starting to scare me. We'll talk about that when we get to that Eagles matchup. We got to talk about what happened with the Chargers, though, and Jacksonville and that whole brigade and how, like, 
it just the comedy of errors that this franchise just goes under is incredible to me. And the fact that all those penalties that weren't called and all those interceptions that were tip balls and non-PI calls and spotted 17 points from the Jaguars right away. I mean, Lou, I think you I think you were able to get a live money line on Jacksonville like pretty pretty early on before the comeback came, right? Uh, they were down 17 and I got it at plus 680 and I wish I waited a little bit longer because I could oh, have made a better number. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was a good, it was a good win. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you could see it on the wall as soon as Peterson never flinched. Like you could see it as soon as they scored that touchdown at the end of the half, he gets on with, with, uh, the reporter and says, yeah, we're just going to go off tempo and we're, we're right in this game. Like he did not flinch once. And I'm like, all right, Jacksonville's probably going to win. I feel pretty good about this. They just had to stop giving the Chargers like short field every time. I mean, mm-hmm. the Chargers had – the ball was on Jacksonville's side like for the entire first half when they were getting to this best. Because, again, just Lawrence threw four, threw four picks. Are they going to get away with that, you know, going forward in these playoffs? Absolutely not. Not other teams are going to charger the game away like the Chargers do. Um but uh, yeah, absolutely classic. Cla- again, like you said, some t- some things are just simple enough. Like <laughs> just we know who the Chargers are. They're lucky <laughs> enough to get into the playoffs. Uh, and with no Mike Williams, I mean, you think that might make a difference a little bit. Mm. My favorite part was Staley running onto the field to get Joey Bosa's helmet when he slammed it, like like he was like an intern. It was ball. like it was like oh dude, it's like, ball, ball boy stuff. Yeah, like what are you doing? Like you're the head. Like you're worried about his helmet. You guys just gave up the lead. Like what are we doing here? Like oh man, that was that was or, or you just gave up. Now they're within a field goal. I mean, it was just a it was a clown show. There's and then they have the gall to fire the OC and not fire him. It's like it's crazy how that guy still has a job. Yeah, and I, I mean, firing Lombardi. I mean, that seems like to be you know I would expect he's going to be back next year, but that was like the scapegoat firing. So I think, yeah. I think Staley is still staying in place. Remember when uh, Staley was a first year, first year head coach and he was the odds on favorite to be coach of the year in his first year. I mean, and they went, like, crazy. Se- and they went like seven and 10 or, or and then they like missed the playoffs nine, whatever. Yeah. and then they missed the playoffs and then had this sidecar show go on. I mean, that's crazy. So we hit that San Francisco. That, I mean, was there the more, maybe the more quiet game of the weekend where we kind of, Seattle was in it. I mean, Seattle led at the half, and I thought they played well, but I think San Francisco's D finally showed up in the second half, especially on that Nick Bosa fumble kind of change thing. Yeah, and, and Purdy settled down a lot, too, I think. You yeah. know, um, you know, I, I think there was – I could see, like, Shanahan's game plan, I feel like, coming out, like, Purdy was, like, pass, pass, pass right away, I think maybe trying to, you know, do an inception of, okay, we're like a run-first team, let's come out early and pass and throw, you know, throw off Carroll. So – it was leaning a lot on him early, which I don't think was the smartest thing to do, but obviously the second half pretty settled down a little bit. Uh, we missed his, his passing attempts last week by one attempt on one or two attempts, which was absolutely brutal. Uh, them having the ball at the end of the half cost me. Cause I mean, he, he, what he threw it, he was just airing it up downfield, like, like four or five times trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. gain big chunk yard, which is just brutal. Um, but again, they, I thought it was, again, it was interesting enough game all the way through half Seattle's leading which I don't think anybody would have thought. And, you know, especially not the Seahawks, especially not at the beginning of the year when everybody, including us, picked them to have like four to five wins. So, I mean, them to be leading a team at halftime after the first round, I mean, they had a great season, but their defense was just not going to hold up enough. And the 49ers defense is too good. So you missed like very closely on so many of these. 
the Brock Purdy attempts. Trevor Lawrence had a two-point conversion attempt, just not a I touchdown, know. which is brutal. Jefferson had a touchdown that was called back. Yeah. And then Mike Evans streaking down the sidelines at, at the end of that game, or that, that ball off his fingertips to score right at the end was like, oh, that's so brutal. Go, going three or four on the non-touchdown ones to get the touchdown ones are obviously like those are the plus numbers. Like those are the ones that we were really trying to like kind of, you know, be be up on. But going three or four on the, you know, straight up ones, it feel pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, nailing CMC, Barkley, Mixon. Good on the running backs. I say CMC was like the first carry of the game. I was yelling, <laughs> no. watching with Lewis, like, just get them all. Let's just get it out of the way right now. Got there 66 go. of them. Sit back and relax. So we get that. Uh, the last two here I just want to talk about real quick. Buffalo and Miami. Were you surprised that Buffalo let them in the game uh, after being up 17 nothing? I mean, I think we were all surprised by that. But do you think you were surprised that Buffalo didn't really respond that well? to all those turnovers and just kind of let Miami hang around and have a chance to win it at the end. I thought maybe they would run away with it once Miami kind of punched back a little bit. And really, it wasn't much of a punch. It was honestly just mistakes by Buffalo, it seemed to me, that caused that game to be much closer. Yeah, I just felt like they could have just tried to play a game plan that would have allowed them to like possess the ball a little bit more and just choose some clock. It just felt like they were you know, either turning the ball over or when they, you know, other times just like not bleeding enough clock and giving it back to Miami too easily. I mean, absolutely screwing the first half under, I, I, I swore, you know, when they held Miami to get the first field goal instead of the touchdown, they kept it at like eight points. I thought that was in the clear with a minute, 30 seconds left. And then again, they, it's like three and a, you know, turnover three and they just get it right back to Miami. They get touched mm-hmm. up before the half. So uh, I did think it was a little weird. It was, I heard some other people like, Maybe they kind of slept. Well, I mean, maybe they were, you know, it's a playoff game. So you can't say that, but like, they didn't seem like they were fully prepared. I don't, I mean, that definitely wasn't Buffalo's A plus game, but they still no. ended up getting out with the win. No, I think just because of the quarterback play from Miami and just couldn't get the dumbest third and 19 call of all time from Mike McDaniel there to have his quarterback throw it up deep down the field inside their own five yard line. Atrocious to me. But I, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're right. I think Josh Allen not just not checking it down ever, them not being able to run the football. I mean, that that was a major problem. And that I think they will recognize that this week and get it corrected because they know, like, the team that they're playing this week is a legit team. And we'll go right into that game in Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati got completely outplayed, completely outplayed. Um, Huntley didn't really play that well in the first half, but they just kind of pieced and chunked and kind of just – kind of chipped away at the Cincinnati defense. The loss of Jonah Williams was brutal for Cincinnati. It's scary for this weekend because now this is a very different game than the last time we 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 talked about this on that Monday night that got obviously canceled. I don't know. Cincinnati, I still think they're good. I don't want to overreact to one bad game, but I thought they got lucky to get out of there with that big play. I say, I mean, 100% lucky. That, that play turned to them being down seven. To be in a, on, you know, I mean, their own two, the fumble, and it just just so happens to fall right in the guy's hands with nobody around. You know, unbelievable. I mean, Sam Hubbard get, the, I mean, get the guy all the. He's probably still on the oxygen after that run. I would be. <laughs> I mean, that was insane. But yeah, I mean, totally, totally flips the game. Uh, like very, you know, within you know, a two score flip essentially uh, on that one play of a ninety eight yard touchdown uh, fumble return. So they were absolutely lucky to get out of there. They couldn't move the ball in the second half without with, you know, the pressure that, that the Ravens were getting. And like you said, now they're going against 
another top five defense coming up this week in Buffalo. Uh, and I do think it's going to be a massive problem. The, the loss of the offensive line pro, you know, prohibits them to take advantage of their best weapons, which are their outside receivers. They're not going to have time to let Chase and Higgins and get these down. Like, yeah, they'll be able to hit them on short curls and drags and stuff like that. But you want to let these guys, you know, eat downfield. 100%. 100%. I feel the same way about it. Under loses by a half a point. Hooked 40 and a half. Oh. Gets to 41. So that's brutal. I did end up on nine and a half, though, with you. And you taking the nine and a half with the Ravens. So I felt like, okay, we'll, we'll take a wash on that one. But a lot, and, but my Ravens ticket, you know, throw that one to the wind. Thought we might be able to at least get one more week out of it. Maybe play a money line on the other end to, to save it as they go in. They would have gone in, I think, to Kansas City if I, if I, you know, remember that correctly. So, you know, tough. But now on the other side, where are the futures tickets? Just so we know before we start making picks here. I was going to say I'm I'm just still sitting. I got the two left now. I had I had one head to head last week with Cowboys and Niners, or sorry, Cowboys and Bucks, and now I have a head to head this week with Cowboys and Niners. So I will have one of them, and uh, I think like I said, Niners are, are plus seven fifty, Cowboys are plus nine hundred, I believe, um, to win the NFC. So I'll have at least one of them. I was hoping to have both, obviously, but mm. I'll have one of them. I was thinking again, maybe this will lead right into the weekend. I was thinking about putting one on Philadelphia plus one fifty just to early hedge but am i am i getting a little ahead of myself to assume that philadelphia is going to be in there i don't know i'm starting to have some doubts so ah um, okay okay but there could be maybe it's a philadelphia nfc game and then a nice smaller play on giants money line this week but we'll get to the game even if philly does get five do you think you could get a plus number on their money line next week possibly no, no you don't think that. Gonna, you think they'll be favored be no matter what Yes. Okay. All right. We'll see. All right. Lewis, obviously a lot losing with Tom Brady. Let you down. What else is new? Uh, what do you feel like? Where are you feeling with the narrative and all this now that it's like there's no more bucks? Like there's still teams, though, with a narrative, quote, unquote. Like what did you feel like was the narrative of the weekend? Uh, well, I still have the Bills to win the Super Bowl plus 400 for futures. Nice. Put that in right after the DeMar Hamlin miracle so wow that's uh i i don't know man after last weekend i'm scared to say anything related to a narrative whatsoever because it just <laughs> did not the crookie the cookie did not crumble my way mm-hmm. was, uh, you know i i do like that the Bengals line keeps moving it's now plus five and a half i think it opened at three and a half so i am interested and after yeah. how buffalo played against miami and a third string quarterback yeah curious but don't it, take my word for it it's definitely interesting i i'm still sitting on an eight to one ticket for the niners and a 14 to one ticket for the eagles so i feel pretty good there R- could easily hedge out on both of them this weekend we'll mm-hmm. see uh coming up in some of these picks here um let's start saturday afternoon 4 15 the game in kansas city arrowhead welcomes another playoff matchup and this time against the upstart jacksonville jaguars who are coming off the third biggest comeback in NFL playoff history, a 27-0 comeback against the Chargers. Chiefs, number one seed again. Seems like close to the odds-on favorite with Buffalo. I'd say they're one and two, one A, one B. Matt, I'm going to let you pick or punt this week and let me know. So either the four is yours or you can give it right back. 
I'll take this one first. I want, I will, we'll alternate. You can get the next one first. I know you're right. very excited to talk about your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but, <laughs> but, I mean, this game, like I said, this game is, is super interesting. Um, like I said, one, definitely it's one of the higher totals of the week. Um, sitting at 40 or sorry, sitting at, at 52 and a half right now. It is the biggest total of the week. As far as betting side, again, uh, you know, we know that Kansas City kind of does struggle to cover these big numbers. And as well as that total being high, we know that their unders at home uh, do hit more often than not. So a couple of difficult decisions as far as where to go here. These teams are going to be super familiar with each other, too, is the coaching side. I mean, uh, uh, Peterson played for and coached with Andy Reid. So as crazy as that is, he's been, you know, big man's been around that long. Um, so these teams are going to be super familiar with each other. And but. As, as much as these offenses are exciting, it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, I think. I think it's going to be a lot of both of them longer drives, matriculating the ball down the field, uh, one of the better football terms that we can come up with. So for a play here for me, I was debating. I kind of lean under. I kind of lean Jacksonville getting the points. Um, but I thought this play for me was going to be pretty interesting, and I think it's heading up as far as the lines. I'm hoping I'm getting a good one. I am going with a Patrick Mahomes over 26 and a half half completions mm-hmm. because I do think that again uh Jacksonville plays zone at the sixth highest rate uh in the NFL so I think they are going to be playing a lot of you know too high which they I, are used to at this point in the year this is that this has been the strategy employed on Kansas City since the beginning of last year when when Mahomes had his struggles and learned how to how to work his way through it so I think that over 26 and a half because they are going to have to again dink it and dunk it and hit hit Kelsey over the middle Jacksonville is dead last in the league against tight ends. I thought, you know, that leads maybe some people to want to take some Kelsey action, which I think he will get his, but I think the game plan from Jacksonville side is going to be sell out all they can to try and stop Kelsey. Um, As much as they are bad against him, I think they are going to double him a lot and try and take him away. So I think passes to the running backs, um, Juju working underneath, uh, and then obviously a little bit of Kelsey there. You're not going to be able to stop him totally. Uh, So I think that that over 26 and a half, it's at minus 122 right now. So I think that might be heading up to a a 27 and a half or higher. Um, So get that before it's too juiced up. And any official pick, are you like just leaning right now? Or you think like you're just going with the prop and that'll be that? I will make the prop my official pick. Okay, perfect. All right, let's let's do it. Let's go with that. Here's the weather in Kansas City on Saturday. We're going to be mid 30s dropping as the night goes in. There will be some cloud, uh, cloudy uh, conditions early, periods of light rain mixing in with snow. So the, the chances of precipitation are about 60% right now. The winds are probably between 5 and 10 miles an hour. So it will be wet is what it sounds like in Kansas City. I do wonder how that affects both teams. We do know Kansas City is not much inclined to run the football. Um, the Kansas City, the last three weeks of the year, was the 27th ranked team in the league in rushing attempts the last three weeks. So Jacksonville didn't fare much better. These teams are both much better passing teams. And I also think that these teams' weaknesses are much more inclined to be the passing defenses. So I think that could be interesting. I think they both can play well in the trenches. Defensive lines and front sevens, specifically for Jacksonville, are going to play well in this game. So I like the under here uh, with that in mind. Here's my take on it. I think the Peterson-Reed connection is going to lead to a massive chess match in this game. I, I really do. I thought the Peterson, again, Mr. Cool, Mr. Calm in these situations. We know that Doug Peterson will throw a wrinkle at that Spagnola defense, which hasn't been 
that great this season. I think really the defensive line is what could scare me with Chris Jones and then Nick Bolton backing him up and some of those guys. Um, oddly enough, when they played in week 10, Jacksonville lost the game 27-17. Jacksonville won the turnover battle 3 to nothing, and they also won time of possession. So they played really well in the game. They just couldn't execute on offense the right way. I think it'll be a different turn because I think Jacksonville's a different team than they were, what are we at, eight, nine weeks later. Um, the Kansas City offense had one of their most balanced games of the of the season that year. 330 yards to the air, 155 yards rushing. That was an extremely well and efficient. They were seven for 10 on third down. And that was been the difference all season between these two teams. Kansas City is second in the league in third down offense. Jacksonville is 29th in the league on third down defense. It's just not very good. So that, that scares me a little bit. But here's an interesting factoid and just a trend. Fading those number one seeds has been pretty profitable over 20, 20 years. 13, 25, and 1 against the spread are one seeds in divisional round over the last 20 years. And when they're favored by 10 points or less, they are 8-22-1 and one against the spread, those one seeds. So I like your play on the under. I think it bodes well for the dog. I'm not sure if Jacksonville wins. I think they can win this game. I think they are more than capable to win this game. But Lawrence has to play out of his mind. They have to play the right way like they did in that game, but they have to execute better than they did in the previous game. And I think they can do that for that reason. I'm going to take Jacksonville plus eight and a half. I grabbed the nine earlier in the week. So I feel pretty good about that. Maybe it goes up a little bit towards nine, nine and a half by game time. But with that weather coming in, I think that throws a whole wrinkle into this situation. And I think it could lend a hand to maybe seeing an upset in the first game. That would be, that would be very interesting. And upset. I mean, this, Cause this probably feels like the game that people might not be picking the upset in most likely. And, you know, maybe the one that'll catch you off guard. So Lou, you're, Lou, you're smiling. You're thinking something is going American on and smiling. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Oh, yeah, I already yeah. put it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does feel like Danny's doubting the Prince of Darkness yet again. It, it, it's more. It's it's so many points that it feels like. And Kansas City hasn't been covering large. Spreads. Yeah. Even though, Dan, you said something opposite of that not too long ago. This mm-hmm. feels like they could easily win by 10 points. Two touchdowns. This could be. Yeah. After the way we saw uh, Jacksonville play uh, the Chargers last week in that first half, yeah, yeah, no, you. I mean, that's that's the thing. You can't again. We cannot forget the fact that Trevor Lawrence did throw four interceptions and a half last week. Again, that was bad. Again, you know, that's he's not going to be able to get away with that. And, and as far as you mentioning Doug Peterson liking to throw a wrinkle at that Spagnola defense, this is always a time of year that it seems like Spagnola, you know. Has has a has a handful of plays in his back pocket that he's been mm-hmm. holding on to for when it matters most. So mm-hmm. and that he'll he'll all of a sudden change a tendency right now. So I, I am also I like I said I think the chess match is absolutely what this game's going to be. Yeah, I, I I listen. I am totally in agreement with you, and that because it is definitely a possibility. I just think these divisional games are always too close. Like I, it's very rare that you see a blowout, especially from a one seed that could be rusty that hasn't played. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. And you're right. Definitely could blow them out. And even if they blow them out early, I still think there's a possibility for a backdoor. But we shall see. All right. Next game, Saturday night. Here we go, baby. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. The Philadelphia Eagles, kind of my de facto second team, I guess you would say. Uh, being the one seed with, the, with that number one on the quarterback's chest, 
Now they go in playing a division rival that they have historically owned. The Eagles have been told by everybody that they are the best team in the league for the entire season. We obviously know they had their struggles when Hurts went down, and we obviously know that they've had the success against the Giants this year who just come off a win in Minnesota. The Giants seem like they're gluing it together. Philadelphia seems like, you know, they're a little shaky, but they also haven't had their quarterback, so maybe that's not fair. It's going to be very interesting. The Giants are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs right now at most places. I think you can. there's some sevens out there as well. The over-under is 48, Matt. I'll just take this one first. We know Philly dominated that first game, and the second game was more of a crapshoot. So it's hard to assess this 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 game with on those two on those two games, right? I think my major concern for Philly is Lane Johnson. I think if Lane Johnson plays and is effective, it just can't be oh he plays. He has to be effective in this offense for it to work. Then Philly can stick to their run game script and kind of use a they pretty much don't have a power back and that's a little more concerning to me especially in the playoffs when you have to do that. Hurts, I guess you could say, is that power back because Sanders just isn't. Sanders is not going to take the brutal punishment of that. He's your speed. But it stands to say that the Giants are probably going to be more aggressive to attack Hurts on the pass rush. And it will make me nervous if I see and come out, if I see Sirianni come out and go to the passing game. Because I do think the Giants can get there. I, I don't think they're going to do what they did last week and completely abandon what they normally do. I think that was very game-specific for Minnesota. I think they will attack Philadelphia and try to get to Hurts quickly and make him make quick decisions. Philly needs to do one thing. They need to be what they've been all year, a dominant first-half team. If they can get up early, the Giants won't be able to run the football, which is what they want, what they want to do. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley last week were money. It has to be utilized. They can't give up big plays to A.J. Brown. I think that's also something that really killed them in the first game. The Giants have not won in Philadelphia since 2014. It's been that long. But here's an interesting little factoid. We talked about one seeds and all that. We also need to talk about six seeds in the divisional round. In the last 20 years, six seeds in the divisional round are 12, 8, and 1 against the spread. But when they play a divisional rival, they are 3-0 against the spread. It has been more than 20 years since we've seen a division rival underdog lose the spread at least to the division rival favorite in the divisional round. So the giants are playing with house money here. It's concerning to me. I think that the Eagles could get caught sleeping. They could be a little rusty and saying that I am going to take the giants plus seven and a half. I am going to sprinkle the money line with the giants. I think that they are going to win this game. They are giving me shades of all those past teams that they have had that have done the same thing and go on deep playoff runs. They've got the run game. They've got the average but up-and-coming quarterback. They've got the defense and the well-coached defense. They've got a lot of similarities to the 07 and 11 teams that you see. I'm not saying they're going to do what that those teams did, but they just have a lot of similarities, and Philly seems like if this is, a, this is the point really the only point where they're going to get caught because they're going to be ready for Dallas and they're going to be ready for San Francisco. This is the only point where I feel like Dallas, Philly can get caught and lose and trip up. So I'm going to take the Giants plus seven and a half and do a little money line action on it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on that. I just, 
I do worry about in this game, again, like you said, if Lane Johnson's playing, if Lane Johnson is effective, as you as you made the proper point to say, the Eagles can blow him out of the water. I, I really do. Yeah. I think that, again, I, I think the Giants, Daniel Jones, as he, he is very good down the stretch. Since week 13, I actually saw them today that uh, him and Joe, Joe Burrow, he was only second behind Joe Burrow since week 13 as far as passer rating uh, from that point on in the season. So he has been very good and very effective. But we know how bad that that Vikings defense was, and he just torched them up last week, and it looked he looked so good doing it. This is a different animal on on defense for Philly. They've, I, I just I don't know. I, I've had a very hard time with side and total on this one, mm. and I hate to go back to the well, and I hate to just do it again. But I, I might have been a week too early on just this. I mean, Saquon hit last week, but it's this. It was the same number this week. It was the same number. His mm. receiving yards was twenty two and a half, and. When one of the guys of the Action Network that we listen to religiously, Chris Raybon, I had already bet it earlier this week because I saw it was 22 and a half. And I said, well, we're going to we're just going to roll roll over again, roll the dice on it again. He gave it out saying he had a 90 Saquon uh, was a 95 percent route participant last week. Hmm. They realized that, again, Minnesota was good at stopping the run as as is Philly. Philly has got a much you know better uh, rushing defense than they do passing defense. Both pretty good on both ends. Better since. Uh, Jordan Davis has been back, but 95% route participation is a very good way to get Saquon involved. Um, they, you know, even when they have two backs out there, they're keeping Brita into block, running Saquon out. Um, and I think that's kind of short pass the game to him is going to be their running game. So it is up now. Uh, I hate to go back to the well and just be a copycat, but I really, I had a hard time making a call on this game. Uh, the total is going up as far as I think it opened at 45. It's up to 48 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so heavy, heavy money pouring in on the over. I am leaning. Actually, as I'm looking right now on FanDuel, it just ticked up to the first half. Okay. Go we're going to give the Saquon prop out the side. But this <laughs> literally just ticked up in front of my eyeballs. The first half under is now at under 24 at minus 120. And to me, that feels like, again, so that's a good spot. It was 23 and a half. I'm sitting there going, all right, three touchdowns and a field goal would just barely be this 24 would at least get us to push on that. So I am locking that in as we speak. So the official pick would be the first half under because, again, I think these teams know each other well enough, and I think that it could be a pretty tight in the first half. But I do think the scoring could all of a sudden go off the rails in the second half if either one team's up big like we saw in the Chargers, Chargers-Jags game last week. Um, or again, maybe teams just start to find their rhythm and start taking more risks um, in the second half of the game. So first half under 24, and then go ahead, just fire away on Saquon's receiving yards again. It's at 25 mm. and a half. It's at 25 and a half now. Okay. Saquon Barkley, another big game. The first half under. To me, look, if the Giants are going to win this game, the game cannot get away from them. They cannot get down 10 nothing early. Like it just it's not going to happen them they're not going to be able to 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 kind of withstand that so i think that philly has to kind of come out rusty for them to 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 continue to run the football they have to be patient and chip away chip away chip away at a philly run defense that we know has been vulnerable right i mean the giants passing game is much better but we do know that all consistently throughout the season philadelphia's one weakness has been their rush defense so could be interesting could be very interesting these final two games I, i i don't really feel like we can look at like statistics that much in this we obviously can but I feel like this is a lot of feel for me in this game and just from based off of okay these two games by themselves 
we kind of know the main crux of it. And I and I tried to simplify this for myself with these two games. The next game is Buffalo and Cincinnati. It is on Sunday at 3 p.m. Whether there seems to be that we're going to get some snow in this game, at least some light snow in this game, not a lot of high wind, but there will be some weather action. Cincinnati comes in now, opened at six and a half, went all the way down to three and a half very, very quickly, and now has ticked and ticked and ticked and ticked up, back up to five and a half points for the Buffalo Bills to be favored by. If you remember back when these two teams were getting set and ready to play on Monday night, we both picked the Bills as one and a half point favorites in Cincinnati last time we played this. I am very shook by this game. The over-under even, I, I really don't know what to do with it. I'm looking at the over-under now, and I'm seeing, what, 48 and a half. So mm-hmm. this is just a hard game for me to look at. I just, I'm just i very confused at why this number, because at three and a half, at three and a half, honestly, I really do kind of like Buffalo. But at this number, I'm just not entirely sure why the love for Buffalo is going this high and nobody's coming back on Cincinnati. So the floor is yours. Again, I so see. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I actually even took three and a half. It was a great number. I don't know if you got three and a half. I was I got four and a half, and I I, I even felt it. I, I do lean Buffalo heavier in this game. I think it is the offensive line. I, it can't be understated enough how how poor that offense was. And again, this is now. And again, I keep hearing people. It's like, oh, well, it's like just like last year since I didn't have an offensive line. And it's like, yeah, but they still made it to the Super Bowl without that offensive line. So that's where it is. I I I, I know what you mean. Where it's like. Yeah, this is an ideal, and they tried to fix the situation the offseason, but they still made it all the way there last year with, again, just even a, a younger, less experienced team without having that grit and determination to make it through those games. So there is maybe just a, a monster on the other side of the field with with Buffalo, and I think that they match up. As much as people like to see how Cincinnati matches up with Kansas City, um, I think that they are able to take advantage of, of Kansas City and their weaknesses and their inability to you know stop un- not be able to stop the run sometimes. Um and again, play that too high system. And it is going to take, it's going to take Josh Allen having to, I think, run the ball a lot in this game. Um, I, like you said, I, they, Zach Moss is, you know, doing okay. He's getting more carries than Singletary now. He's getting more of the reps. Um, and I think it's been better for that team. Singletary is just getting the passing down work more so often. But um, I, I think that Josh Allen is going to have to get involved with his legs. And I think that they will fully utilize that in this game. So I hate where this number has gone for Buffalo. Um, and I, I just don't want to touch anything on the Cincinnati side of the ball because they could absolutely overcome and find a way to, to beat that offensive line, but they could be absolutely stuck in the mud and have a hard time moving the ball at all um, in this game. So I am going to lean on Josh Allen running the ball, being a giant moose that he is, and take the over 48 and a half rushing yards for Josh Allen. I know that's it. Again, I think that is a little high. It feels high, but – I do think that's got to be the game plan for them. Because like I said, they're downfield passing. They hit a couple of them early on last week, but they were really struggling past that in this, you know, past the first quarter as far as getting that ball downfield. So I think that Josh Allen's gonna really try and take over on it on, on the feet this game. I don't think they can be that stubborn to think that they can just do what they did last week and just run the offense. I do think that they def- desperately need to use Josh Allen badly. Uh, with Jonah Williams out, I agree. Remember that Buffalo is still a top 10 pressure rate defense. Yep. I mean, they are really good at that. Also on the defensive end, they already are missing Chidobi Awuzie, and now Eli Apple is 
it was in and out of that game on Sunday night, and we're not sure if he's healthy enough to play. So that is a big concern. Also, the Bills are getting Micah Hyde back, possibly. So yeah. that would be a huge upgrade for their defense in the secondary to help out with Higgins and, and Chase and Boyd and all those guys. To me, even if you say, okay, Cincinnati's offensive line wasn't good last year, and look what they did. Look who they played in that in 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 the playoffs. They played the Raiders, who barely got in and almost beat them. They played Tennessee, who had Ryan Tannehill, who just had the worst game of his life, and they really won that game on field goals. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times that game. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. And then and then Kansas City, we know, and if you look back in hindsight, Cincinnati just matches up with Kansas City really well. Uh, obviously, against the Rams, it was a different story, but. And, and, you know, Cooper Cup and did what he did with Stafford and the rest of it. But if you go to this game, I think this is the worst matchup for Buffalo. Yeah. Because you have not just a team that is able to throw the ball over the yard, but now you have designed run schemes for that quarterback that are going to be really problematic. And the best defense they'll probably face in the playoffs that they have in the last couple of years. Maybe outside, I would say Baltimore's defense is probably better than Buffalo's. I would definitely say that. But I still think that Buffalo is comparable to that defense and can really stop the run game. I mean, Mixon and Piran, you nailed it with Mixon. I mean, they did nothing in the game. I mean, absolutely nothing. They got shut down, and it was all Burrow under pressure for most of the contest. So unless Buffalo is going to be the turnover machines, I don't see anything here to tell me that Buffalo is not the better team. Cincinnati got lucky to get out of that game. Buffalo should have won that game by a lot more. And yes, they can quote unquote say they escaped. I don't think it's more of an escape as they just didn't play very well and turn the ball over. And I don't think the I think the offensive coordinator will get a talking to this week and say, "Hey, uh, Ken Dorsey, I think we want to run the ball a little bit more in the second half, up seventeen to nothing." So I think this is this is the game where it could be a potential surprise blowout to me. And Burrow comes maybe storming back and gives them a chance, you know, some type of deal like that. But I'm on Buffalo. I, I think I will end up on Buffalo. And take the even the five and a half. I, I think that this game, it's a scary number, man. It's just hard because that that number is is below the six, but you don't feel like this game is going to get much higher than four. Um, I'm making the case for Buffalo to blow them out, but I don't know. I, I, I'll take Buffalo in the five and a half. I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay the points. Yeah, I'm trying to find a way to maybe take a Buffalo money line with something else. That's kind of that's kind of where if I'm trying. To, Try and get on Buffalo at this point. I'm trying to again maybe money line with the prop or something like you know maybe a, a same game parlay kind of thing mm-hmm. um, because it is the Buffalo money line I think is at minus two forty so it's pretty steep for that. But trying to see if I can maybe parlay that with maybe another game that you like on the slate depending maybe the next game on the slate. Mm-hmm. How about them Cowboys, my friend? They just can't get out of our social circle. They just continue to fester and fester and fester for the talking heads in the media to talk about. However, they had a great game against Tampa. Now they go up against probably, in my estimation, the best team in the league. I I think San Francisco by far right now is playing the best football and is the best team overall. However, they have a rookie quarterback. And as much as we've made of this 11-game win streak, He did not play well in the first half of that game against Seattle last week. He played actually pretty poorly and then settled in and settled down and let the players around him allow him to make those plays. Kyle was, again, a genius in his play calling. Um, This is an interesting matchup. This is the team that Dallas lost to in the playoffs last year. 
The line is at three and a half points right now. The 49ers are favored. And the total, actually, no, I'm sorry. The line is at four now. It's just been moved up. The total is at 46. So with this game, I don't have much for you except for this. Trenches and coaches. That's it. That's it for me. Because we can talk about Dallas and the matchups and this, that, and the other, and how Lamb is, you know, they can beat him down the field. We saw Metcalf beat him down the field in man coverage and do that. And they're not typically a man coverage team. And we could talk about how Purdy is, you know, a rookie quarterback and that Dallas has a great pass rush. They could get after him. At the end of the day, if you get Dak Prescott off his spot, he's not going to play well. Tampa couldn't do that. San Francisco lives for that. And they get there with four and five man pressures. And they specialize in all those things. And let alone to say they are the fastest defense in football. I just don't have a lot of confidence in Dallas. If I'm a smart person, I'd probably take the Dallas money line and hedge my San Francisco ticket. But honestly, I just don't think it's going to happen. I have no faith in Dallas to go out and get this done. I just, I'm not entirely sure that, you know, again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it is kind of simple in the ways that Dallas's line has not played well. They played well in this game against Tampa, but generally they have not played well down the stretch here, especially in the interior. So it's about, for me, the pass rush of San Francisco. It's about the running game and interior running game against Dallas's vulnerable defensive linemen. I think that is the case here. So I am going to take the 49ers minus three and a half. It's probably my most confident play of the week this week. I just love them. I think they're the best team out there, and I just don't think Dallas – especially on the coaching end, is going to be able to keep up here. I'm, I'm doing the I'm doing the thing. I just trying to fade public opinion here. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like everybody, including us, I love San Francisco. They have been playing great. But again, they're on an 11-game winning streak with a rookie quarterback. And it just feels like this bubble is building and this, this big gum bubble that we're blowing here, it's only going to go so far until it bursts. And I really, again, maybe I'm blinded by what the Cowboys did last week and with what Dak was able to do, but not, I mean, I get that Dak getting him off of his spot. This is going to be by far the best defense that Brock Purdy's had to play so far in his career. Again, the first half last week against a, a piss poor bottom five DVOA defense in Seattle, um, he did not look very good. And Dallas still gets pressure as you know on their defensive line at an elite rate, at a very elite rate, and not you know they're not too slow on defense themselves. So I think that they are able to. Their you know their secondary is a little banged up, but I do think that the defensive line is going to be able to get pressure. Um, and as much as San Francisco, again, their defense has been playing great. They also haven't had the strongest strongest schedule of quarterbacks going against them. I mean, just look around their division and who they had to play with, you know. Kingsbury late in the year is garbage. Uh, Seattle with their their inabilities and their deficiencies. And then, you know, the Rams have been, have been a dumpster fire this year. Not to mention some of these other teams that they had to play, that they got to play down the stretch with backup quarterbacks or, or you know, quarterbacks that had gotten benched from earlier Tua. in the season to now. Exactly. You know, bad, bad quarterbacks. Tua. Yeah. Tua. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, they played Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, that game. If I'm Did they? No, mistaken. no. I think they, play, I think they played Tua. But, again – Dak looked really good throwing the ball last week. And we saw, again, I'm, I can't, it's not the same offense, but San Francisco struggles when that team is able to get the ball down the field. So I know that their offensive line maybe had been playing great 
as of late, but they played really good last week. And if they're able to, again, give Dak some time, the 49ers are susceptible to get passed on down the field, and especially in, in even over the middle of the field uh, with Dalton Schultz, who had a fantastic game last week. So I actually think CeeDee Lamb could have a big opportunity here. Dalton Schultz can have a big opportunity. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus plus four or plus three and a half, wherever it's sitting at now. I, it's it's kind of bouncing around. You said three and a half. I'll take three and a half. I think that's fair. Um, but I re- And this just feels, I think, like public opinion as well. And maybe – I guess a little crystal ball about the narrative of I think the games that people really wanted to see the most for the championship game. We wanted Bill's chiefs part two, and then we were robbed of the proper, we've been robbed of a proper Cowboys and Eagles game. We have not had <laughs> Dak Prescott versus Jalen hurts this year in Cowboys and Eagles. So I think that we are going to get that in conference championship. That's so fascinating. That's so fascinating. I can't wait to see it. I, I mean, this game I, I, if that is the case, that would be just outstanding, just outstanding for for Dallas and Philly to play against each other. But again, I, I mean, maybe it's just the football nerd in me. I, I've been desperately waiting to see Philadelphia actually play San Francisco and play a good team because they've got the 28th ranked schedule in the league so far this year. So, you know, I, I think either way, it's going to be great. Um, the whole game, I think you're right, comes down to, though, I think it really comes down to San Francisco, Dallas, Offensive line versus Dallas defensive line. If you look at the Dallas defensive line, third in pressure rate in the league, Dallas, the San Francisco offensive line, second in pressures allowed. And guess what? The Tampa Bay Bucks were the number one team in pressures allowed last week. You know? So, and they were able to kind of immerse Brady. You know, Brady was just getting the ball out so quickly. That was the issue. But one of the things San Francisco also does, and the reason why they're so ranked highly there is, don't pass the ball that much, you know, or they get, so, or they get it out quickly. <laughs> right. Or they get it out quickly. And, you know, so it, it's a, it's a much lower rate of return on that type of stuff. So I think it's a fascinating game. Uh, God bless you for taking Mike McCarthy and Kellen McMahon in that situation. I, I just can't even fathom being the, on that. Side, this, so. this should be best game of the weekend though. I, I think this is proper to be the last game of the week. And I, I, I'm so excited for this one. Just, and I, like I said, the team that, you know, the logos, the uniforms, the teams, the history, it's like, mm. I, I, this should be, I'm hoping to be another classic. And again, are- like I said, it's just, it, it still is a rookie quarterback who is undefeated and it just feels like this bubble's about to burst. Yeah. And, and no, and again, and against the team that everybody's, you know, the Cowboys are going to blow into the playoffs again. It just feels like they're maybe getting dismissed mm. for an mm-hmm. 11, 11, 12 win team. Well, 11 win team. Yeah. Yeah. 12 and five. Uh, well, winning, right yeah, now. I guess pretty good. So, uh, yeah, Brock Purdy doing the Ben Roethlisberger thing in his rookie year, and yeah. just going crazy and and going undefeated. I really like the under in this game as well. I, I yeah. think the under is very, very. Uh, that's one of my better and more confident ones. The weather in Santa Clara is is not going to be bad. Um, for you know what we've seen so far in uh, in California and how bad it's been out there. What is actually going to be nice? It's going to be like 60, 55, 60. And light and, and the winds is the only thing. The winds actually are going to be closer to maybe 10 to 15 miles an hour. So that maybe fares it. By the way, Robbie Gold has yet to miss a kick in his career in the playoffs. How about that? So what what is, do we do anything about the kicker situation for Dallas too? I guess I guess that's yeah. really going that's really going against me as well. Can't go one for five on extra points, which also I ended up on the uh, Tampa Bay Dallas under last week or sorry, the over Mm. last week. I had the Mm. over last week 
at 45 and a half and it's held at 45. And I didn't realize this. I didn't, did not kind of put two and two together until I heard it on another show this morning that like any one of those field goals goes in and that overhits. That is just disgusting. That's nuts. That's disgusting. Oh, Lord. They actually did sign uh, Vizcaino to the practice squad. So they may carry they may start, two they kickers. They might start two kickers. Yeah, they might carry two kickers in this game, which is fascinating. So then again, I mean, to me, that's another, you know, money maher over there. I want a refund check. I mean, that's just brutal for him. So it's, that's it's another reason. In your, in your box. It's certainly another reason why I like San Francisco here, man. I just, I just do. So, okay. So those are the picks for the week. Um, specials or leans. Or anything like that? I mean, do you want to do a leans first? And is there any other thing, like some totals or some other just whatever? So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm leaning um, under in both. Can- and how about, yeah, the, the totals go five and one to the over last week. Again, wow. with the, only, the only one that went under was that Bucks cowboys game. Um, I, I lean under in the Jacksonville-Kansas City game. Um, and I lean under uh, in this game for sure. I also, again, speaking of fading Brock Purdy, he just got me a little on the, the pass attempts last week, and I realized maybe attempts is not quite the way to go. So I, I am thinking about going under his passing yards. I think it's sitting at around 235 right now, uh, just because, again, I do think that they would rather opt to run the ball and keep him out of that pass rush's way. All right. All right. I, I, I dig that. I think that that's definitely – the trend going forward. Um, yeah, I like the under in a lot of these games too. Kansas City, I really like that under there. Under the weather, I guess I could say it would be San Francisco and Dallas because of the wind that that's going to be there. And just I, I do think that under is going to be there. So if we're going to have an under the weather, that's probably it. Can we build a parlay? I mean, it seems like Dallas wants to be in your parlay. I, I would say we can. It's not going to be two dogs, but I, I think Dallas is a perfect pairing with Buffalo because like, so we nice. hate where that number is in Buffalo. So if you take minus 240 – uh, for Buffalo, plus 180 for Dallas. Uh, that's going to get you just about to plus 300, depending on where your book is. I, I'm getting plus 296 on mm. FanDuel right now. So okay. I think that's going to be – that's that's worth a, a shot. It can't, you know, I'm not going to pick two outright dogs out of four games in the divisional round. That's just that's just silly. We're, try, we're trying to win. I'll, I'll do it. I'll pick against both one seeds. Take Jacksonville and the Giants, the two big boys. On the money line? On the money lines, yep. Wow. Big game hunter. What here. what is what is that what is that number? Just curiosity. I'm trying to get it up, but I can't get it. Let's up. see. I I can get it really quick. So if you took, we say Giants, Giants and Jacksonville, Giants and Jacksonville. That is uh plus seventeen seventy five. So just excellent about eight, year. Just about Great eighteen year. eight. Just about eighteen to one odds there. American year, American whiskey, yeah. right there. Rebellion. I love that one. Beautiful against against the the Chiefs. <laughs> All right. Thanks for, thanks for that. <laughs> you know, thanks for that colonial history. Lesson. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> let's not get canceled. Shall we? Lewis. Throw me the narrative. What oh, is it? Oh, Come on. You're going to make me better narrative. Do it. I want to hear it. It's been all year long. Come on. Ah, uh, well, I, mm, I, I was wrong about the Cowboys last week. I'm really leaning with Matt here on this one. Mm. That bubble has got to burst sooner or later, my friend. Um, Buffalo should win this game. Obviously, the whole situation we've talked about in weeks past. 
Uh, I I might snipe that one. Just throwing it out there. Mm. We'll sounds game. like you like the parlay. Sounds like you would like the parlay then. With oh, I do. I do like the parlay. Um, man, it, there's no narrative behind it, but I've been rooting for this team, and you guys were putting them down, and I just got to keep rooting for the Giants. Wow. <laughs> I just have to root for them. I have been defending them all year. Uh, you know, I heard somebody call them Minnesota Light today, and oh. I almost spit out my coffee. That's disgusting. <laughs> because of how much you were calling them fraudulent. And then they go and beat Minnesota, and now they got to actually face the Eagles. So I'm curious. Uh, Jalen Hurts, what's it been, two weeks he was out, three weeks? Yeah, I mean, he played against a long the Giants. Time. Played yeah. against the Giants in week 18 and didn't play well. So You want to talk about Russ for the Chiefs with having that week off last week. I mean, we got some real rust for the Eagles. That's what I'm saying. And we do worry about how much he's going to be willing to lower that shoulder again with the uh-huh. – was it, it was a collarbone injury, right, or an AC joint or something that, something yeah. going on in the shoulder, willing yeah. to see how much impact he's going to take in that running game. I really like him. I know. I, I really like the – I think the Giants – that is how the Giants have always won in the playoffs, is doing dirty, disgusting, just grind-out, blue-collar, heartbeat wins. That's just their whole franchise's history. So this is typical. And it would be against a team – that they have historically not been able to beat. And even if they won this game, let's take it a step further. If they win this wow. game and then have to play San Francisco or Dallas, like either one, historically, San Francisco has been a team that they have beaten in the past in the playoffs. And then Dallas, I mean, God bless. I mean, Giants-Dallas NFC Championship <laughs> game. Would be I just want some sort of NFC. Again, if Dallas wins, we get an NFC East Championship yes, we weekend, do. which I want. Yes, oh. Yeah, so the real narrative has got to be we're getting a rematch of Kansas City and Buffalo. Right. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. That, that's really what it's got to be. I'm saying that, that that feels like locked and loaded. It's got to be. They're already selling the tickets. They were asking Joe Mixon about it. I brought it up pre-show. Yeah, wow. that's not right. Mm. Somebody knows something. All right. <laughs> that would be down in Atlanta is where the neutral yeah. site game was decided. Terrible. Put him in a dome. So stupid. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. All right, boys. Godspeed. It'll be the best one. Maddie, good luck on the slopes in Vermont this weekend. Pray for my ACLs. <laughs> Maddie Black Diamonds this weekend. I love it. Uh, Maddie Bunny Hill. Bunny Slopes <laughs> is what it's going to be. I love it. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Pericone, and my great co-host, Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silberth, I am Dan Zampano. We'll be back for championship Weekend, the final four. Maddie, best weekend of the year. How about the Cowboys? Oh, I'm not even going to give them the let's ride because that's the way to end it. How about them Cowboys? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see you next week, everybody, here on the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season, at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.